0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Episode 9 of Dudes Being Dudes, the podcast presented by Knocking Point Wines and our friends at Studio 71, along with our trusty producers, Zach Albright and Taryn Lee. We get more interactive today, Drew and I do. I mean, that I'm burying the lead here. The headline of this podcast is it's the, it's the Cody Rhodes Love and Appreciation podcast cody Rhodes, a good buddy of mine who made his triumphant return to wwe this past saturday at wrestlemania and then cut one of the most heartfelt thoughtful just lovely promos the next night on raw uh i texted him about it and i said look that was a fucking incredible segment he just texted back the word real because it was but in terms of getting interactive um We are taking audio questions from users, users, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) But we have five questions uh, that have been submitted to us. And we also have a way for you to submit your own audio questions. Uh, We have a number for you to dial and uh, leave a 60-second message. But we're not just going to take questions. We're going to take pitches. We're going to hear ideas. It's a way for us to interact with the community. And Drew and I go into them sight unseen. So nothing really threw us. Today, um, I will preview that Esther's husband was decisively wrong (laughs) about a question that he had as it pertained to um, a certain field and their ability to throw their weight around in a bar fight. I enjoyed the question, but Esther's husband is wrong, like very, very, very wrong. Um, It's a lovely Thursday here in Georgia. It's three o'clock as I record this, as I am heading into work later today and then getting incredibly excited to make my way out to Augusta. And uh, I've never had a chance to see uh, Mr. Tiger Woods play golf ever in my life. And I certainly didn't think that I would get the opportunity to this year, but uh, it seems like he's playing well at the moment. And if he makes the cut, then well, Saturday was always going to be special. Saturday at Augusta, uh, I've never been, just been one time before I went Sunday of last year. And I was solo actually for that day. And made a bunch of friends along the way. My friend Caroline, my friend John, his son Jonathan, and uh, I've stayed in touch with them and done everything that I can to make sure that that this Saturday uh, I'm going to be out there with my, with my wife Cassandra and our friend Sarah. And uh, boy, oh boy, it's just shaping up to be one of the all-time fucking great weekends ever. I couldn't be more excited. And it was great to talk to Drew today. As I said earlier, he and I are both very busy at the moment. So, getting 45 minutes to catch up on the phone with your best buddy, you might as well record it, like we said. So, without further ado, episode nine of Dudes Being Dudes, the podcast begins now. Going on, man.
1: Oh, you know, just uh, hanging here in hot Los Angeles. Hot. Real hot. Is it hot? It just snapped. It just went from, you know, cold last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at first it was hot. It was the hottest Super Bowl ever in February, right? And then it got kind of cold again. But now it's, I mean, it's literally, what is it? It's like, it's 88 degrees at 11 a.m. already here. Ooh. Um, it's supposed to be 98. It's supposed to be 98. How's
0: the it's hot. Hey, so we've been dealing with a bunch of like, um, thunderstorms and serious rain in Georgia. It's been moving through, which is actually nice because as we spoke about last week, the pollen is really something like I've never experienced before. But last night we had a full on thunder banger come right over our heads. I fell asleep. At nine o'clock, we had one lightning strike and thunder strike or thunder whatever that, according to Cass, basically shook the house, startled Mavi awake. She came into the room. Cass settled her down. I woke up at like 1.30 in the morning because I'm working out so much that I get hungry in the middle of the night, so I wake up. Cass sees me, comes back, come come back to bed, and says. How in God's name did you sleep through that storm? I slept through it like nobody's business. Like, like, like it was just—I was safe and sound in bed and chilling out. Cause and you're working nothing your body, man. Out. Yeah. You're working
1: your bicep. I saw your I saw your bicep curls. Cranking 45 pound plates on both sides, man. You get big. That's good stuff. That's right. All the, yeah. Th- all the
0: yeah. All the Ye-
1: vitamin S and all those steroids and all that stuff, man. It's really yeah,
0: man. The only problem is, yeah, no. I got a nude scene. I got a nude scene coming up, and I said, "Listen, guys, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get someone in from the makeup department to cover up all the giant syringe marks on my ass." <laughs> <laughs> no well, strong, so no, that's good. no steroids strong, for this man. guy. I'll tell you what, actually, what I'm really noticing it. I'm actually noticing a lot of forward momentum with forward momentum with training because I'm eating and living so healthy these days. But because I got really busy with work, I was actually out of the gym, more or less, say for a couple of workouts for I think the better part of like 10 days, and then I was up in Montreal this past weekend staying at the Four Seasons, they had this beautiful gym there. And let this be a note to people, take some time off every once in a while, not to be gluttonous, not to have eight consecutive days of cheat meals or whatever you wanna call them, but take some time and let your body recover and let your muscles build back from the way that you break them down. Because I went into this weight room on Saturday And I was pulling weight, like, like not fucking around, like all of a sudden, everything just snapped up a little bit, which I don't know, I think it's an important note for training is that you can, you can push and push and push. But if you never give yourself time to recover, I think you're gonna plateau more easily. Do you find that?
1: Yeah. Rest day. I mean, I don't, I don't work out that way anymore, but when I was in high school and in college and, you know, with, with like active, active, you know, like full uh, training programs, absolutely. There were always rest days, man. And I still feel it now. Like even if I go for like a steep hike or a run or something, I get a little bit sore and I take the next day off. I feel perfect perfect on the, on the third day. But you know, if I just go day after day after day, you know, I'm in my forties. Now I get sore. I get stiff and sore, man. I stretch. My morning routine now is stretching. I get a band. Yep. I stretch. I do the shoulder stretches, you know, yeah. I do, the, you know, the over and back. I do, I do the hips. I do, I do the whole thing, man. And, uh, it's a good way to wake up. little stretch, a little walk. I'm officially in my forties. You know? <laughs> yeah. Low impact. <laughs> well, I Low think impact.
0: that as you, as, as you know, and I haven't talked about it a great deal, but I basically cut out, I'd say cut down on drinking by about 95% and, some people were mentioning to me, Scott, one of the guys that runs the gym, just talking about how much more fluidity there is to my movement, because I think that one of the things people don't realize about alcohol, and quite frankly, any toxin, is the amount of inflammation it puts around your muscles. And it's just, it's not just your liver. And it's not just say your complexion or your weight, like it's, just not allowing your body to 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 run optimally. Does that make sense? It
1: makes total sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes total sense. It's the same with eating shit food too, right? Like, yep. you know, there's, there's all kinds of foods that are natural inflammatories, and that's why they talk about it, right? And um, if, if you if you keep inflammation down, good things happen with your body,
0: right? That's right. It's the moral right. of the story. Well, for. Today for the podcast we have a couple of things to talk about, and then we're going to debut a new feature which uh, our friend Zacha will come on and help us with. But we have five questions that were submitted, audio questions that we're going to answer on the pod. I don't know if you've seen them, but or heard them. I have not, so I'm going into this no, blind. No, man, we're, Zach-
1: we're no, we're going blind.
0: Raw okay, dog, as they say
1: right. Just well, terrible, that's
0: yeah, yeah. You could yeah. raw dogging it. That's one way to put it. You could definitely put it that way if you wanted to. But before we get there, I wanted to just give a recap. I went to Julie Greenbaum's wedding on on s- this past weekend in Montreal. They had a welcome dinner on Saturday, and then they had the wedding on Sunday, and it was the second Jewish wedding that I've ever been to. First in the better part of fifth years. I went to one in Toronto way back in the day. I want to say in 2003 or 2004, so frank even longer than that, closer to 20 years. And um I don't know if it was just the green bombs and 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 her husband Rob and their family, but um I got to tell you, it was a rager. Have you ever been to a no. Jewish wedding? It was a I rager. They raged. Oh. They, they, they had this spot called the St. James Theater in Montreal, and they had this wonderful band, some the Montreal Symphony something. But, I mean, right off the hop, there was the wedding, which was beautiful, and the reception, which was you know nice as they changed over the room from the ceremony. But then when we got up there, I'm expecting a salad, and we got like an hour of dancing before anyone even ate anything. And really, the group would yeah, and the group would collectively, if seven or eight people were standing around talking with one another as a group, they would then say, in order to finish the conversation, you would go to the bar and take a small shot. Now, luckily, we're in Canada, so they were they were small shots, like they they really measured them out there. So it's not like you're in Tennessee and they're pouring a three and a half ounce yeah. of these things. But you would end every sort of miniature group discussion with with somebody offering a toast and then everyone taking a shot. It's, it it was crazy. But the thing that I want to talk about is do you know what the horror is? No. The horror? So the horror. Oh, yeah. So you'd probably recognize oh, yeah. it to see it, but I I know it mostly from bar and bat mitzvahs because I went to a bunch of those in seventh and eighth grade. But it's when you take the the bride and groom and they each sit on a chair and people get around the chair and then they lift oh, it yeah. up in the air.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Of course,
0: of course. Right. So you do the bride and groom, and then you do the the parents of the groom. And then you do the parents of the bride. So it was Julie and Rob. And then it was Rob's parents. And then it was Julie's dad's wife, Katie, and Julie's dad. Now, Julie's brother came up to me. I got out of focus here. I don't know why. There we go. Julie's brother came up to me the night before at the welcome party and he said, I need you. He said, I need you for the horror. And I said, "Uh, whatever, man, tell me what you need. He goes, I need you with the horror, and I need you basically on my sister's hip, because I'm going to be organizing, and the person at the hip is really responsible in case things go bad. I'm like, if things go bad, I got to catch her.
1: There's probably horror wipeouts constantly. You probably just Google horror wipeouts and just go on a deep dive for days.
0: (laughs) And I'm telling you right now, when you put six people on a chair... Uh there are some people big dog that do not carry their fucking weight. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They do not pull their weight because I got in there and by the time I was done with Julie, I was gassed. And then I move on to Rob's mom, and then I move on to Julie's dad's wife Katie and i came off cass is looking at me i look like i just finished up a set of 12 50 meter wind sprints i was drenched in sweat my back was totally fucked like i it took me like 45 minutes to recover from this horror that i did and I couldn't figure out why I had stiffness in my back until like late on Tuesday. And then I remembered, oh yeah, I went from zero to 60 and pressed human beings over my head for three and a half consecutive minutes. <laughs> what were the other five smokes. guys doing? It's
1: I don't know. Single-handedly.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But I know how heavy that chair should have been if everyone it's sort
1: was- sort of like tug of war, right? It's sort yeah. of like tug of war. Like you don't, you don't necessarily have to carry your weight at all moments, you don't. right? But like, Yeah. But in this way, yeah, you had to get you, you were on the hip, but if, and if you, got was up, on the went down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob's mom doesn't that's know good. this, but on the way up, her elbow smacks me in the face. So I'm, I'm trying to lift up and down, but I've also got like the tears starting to come down because she cracked me right in the nose. And you oh, can't do anything man. about it. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah. So anyway, that was Julie's wedding, and it, it was beautiful. And congratulations to Julie and Rob. It was, I was, it was very, very, actually, really quite. Quite special to be there, you know. I have a special relationship to Julie and fuck cancer and all yeah, that. Yeah, of course, stuff. But for a uh, long time, absolutely. I wanted She's to. Great. She is, and now I wanted to discuss before we get to the questions, and I didn't know if you had anything. I wanted to discuss um, Cody coming back to WWE. Yep. Um, from a business perspective, so if you don't know, my buddy Cody Rhodes he left WWE six years ago, and decided that he was going to stick with wrestling but went on an independent path. I think he basically made a list of like 25 guys that he would want to wrestle on the indie scene. He made that list, believe it or not, I'm pretty sure while he and Brandy were staying at our house in L.A. We weren't there. We were up in Vancouver. But they stayed there for a while. And he did the independent circuit. Uh, He was one of the reasons why AEW started. And, and then became a free agent and used all of the leverage that he built. And I don't know the ins and outs of it. So I'm not speaking out of school. I'm just talking about what he said publicly on air, use that leverage to basically come back to WWE as a big star and sign a multi-year deal there. And I just, I'm curious what you think from a, from a business perspective, because basically he had no Avenue. So he walked away. He made one for himself, and then when he came back at Mania on Saturday night, and maybe Zacho, once we bring him on to talk about these questions, can can describe what it was like in person. He nearly blew the fucking roof off of AT and T Stadium. I had tears in my eyes. I had to rewind it like three times. It was amazing. Um, and I'm curious what you think from a business perspective. Just, just, I think it's, I think it's one yeah. of all time success stories.
1: Well, first off, good for him because he's a sweetheart of a guy too. I think people yes, think he these is. wrestlers and these athletes as being you know kind of you know type A, and he's an absolute genuine, warm, cool guy. It's just so welcoming, yeah. right? And then he gets out there and turns it on, and uh, you know, and you know, he is who he is. But you know, I, you know, his 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 story, man. I mean, you know, I don't I don't want to just tie it back to me, but uh, you know, at all, but you know, the the the, I mean, my path was was not at all the same, but a little bit the same. I had a job that, I mean, you know, back when you and I were starting to hang out that, you know, that most people would look at and go awesome job, awesome career, you know, you stick with that. But, you know, what was the first thing I did? I, I just, I, I looked to um, kind of create my own destiny. Right. And, yeah. you know, I started a company and um, you know, that one worked out. So it allowed me to start another company. And, you know, that one's called knock a point with you. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there are some more projects coming that are, that are kind of, you know, adjacent to, to that and, and to my other company as well. And so, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, for him to go out and, you know, just really take control of his own destiny in future, that's how you got to do it. And especially in today's age yeah. too, when there are fewer gatekeepers in terms of telling your stories and sharing your own narrative and creating your own brand, right? Like he went out and built the Cody brand and he did it in his yeah. way um he did it with his community he built his his own following and fan base and there's nothing more powerful than um and this is something that 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 you know i mean you know steven amell knows from the aeroverse too right like having that fan base and that loyal following is incredibly powerful so for cody to mm-hmm. go out and do it on his own and to build his brand and to build his community and to build his following and his fan base and to tell his stories that's that's where his leverage came from, man, because yeah. you know, when you have the brand and you have the following and you control it, that's a powerful position, man.
0: And he did it. Yeah. I think one of the jarring things was that normally if a guy's going to leave WWE and go to AEW or leave AEW and come to WWE, they're going to come there packaged differently. Be it their name, their logo, their entrance music, whatever and the wwe is very famous for not just not just they don't own their wrestlers but not just having their wrestlers under contract but owning all the ip that they create around that person's character now cody is the american nightmare cody rhodes and when he debuted saturday night at wrestlemania it was the same logo it was the same entrance music. It was the same ring gear. It, it was the same everything. It, it Nothing yep. had changed aside from, with all due respect to AEW, the production value of WWE is second to none. And I think that anyone that works at AEW would tell you that. Their video packaging and just the stage at WrestleMania, it's, <clears throat> there's nothing else like it. I mean, frankly, in I, almost any type of entertainment, it's always been cutting edge. But he walked back into that company with all the same shit because he owns it. And I just yep. thought, I just think it's a really good lesson. You know, there is nothing wrong with security. There's, there, there would have been nothing wrong if you had stayed at MTV and, and Viacom. It was an incredibly viable, lucrative, yep. uh, reliable path. But I think that even, you know, yours is a success story. Cody's is a success story. but. I just think that even if it's not a success story that you're never gonna regret betting on yourself
1: ever absolutely absolutely um, mm. you know i'm 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 super proud of Cody. I think that um you know your point about him coming out as himself and his personal brand it just goes back to the point that I made about brand and and fan base and community and narrative and owning that you know he didn't come back to Stardust right no.
0: No, I mean, no we he did was not.
1: Stardust, right? I mean, nah. like you, you wrestled. He stardust. was Stardust. Six, he was Stardust until ago? the six until the ago?
0: until the day yeah. he left the WWE. His last yeah. year with the WWE before he and I did our thing at at uh, at SummerSlam in 2015. His dad passed away that May or June, I believe, and the WWE came to him and said, "Listen, I mean, obviously." We're scrapping the the stardust gimmick of it all, and and you, you know you're going to be Cody Rhodes again. And he was like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not using this angle of of my dad passing away to to do this. No, I'm I'm doing stardust. In fact, one of the last things that 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 he and his dad talked about was that he liked this fun angle that he was doing with this actor Arrow guy. So Cody, in the aftermath, yeah. like wanted to see that through um yeah anyway yeah we could i could talk about him forever great guy with wonderful values and you know i i sent him a text on saturday morning saying and i don't know what's going down i did a little bit i don't know if he was winning or losing and i i thought i knew and he just texted me back a photo of him um in most of his ring gear with his uh with his baby girl liberty just just napping on his chest and i'm like yeah man fuck yeah Yeah, you made it. Here you are. That's great. Hey, so we've been involved with Cody with Knocking Point as well. We did a dream wine. And if you think that we're not going to try to do an American Nightmare wine, you're completely out of your mind. But um, let's give a little update on Knocking Point because we just debuted. (laughs) We have Knocking Point wine, but we just debuted Knocking Point wines. Yeah, for
1: the first time ever in 10 years, we put our logo on the front label. Can you imagine that? Boom! We did. (laughs) You know, we've always taken a bit of a backseat to our collabs and friends and brand partners and artists and and everybody else. And, uh, you know, it's always this this just knocking point wines, branded wine, has just never happened until now. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we had a lot of fun with the label. The label is a bit of an optical illusion, but also when you look at it closely, it's a definite nod to our, you know, origin story, which is... You know, you starting out an arrow, and you know, choosing the name Knocking Point, which is a nod to archery, of course. And so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that in there, but there's a, there's a big logo on the front. Knocking Point Wines. It actually says who we are. Can you believe it?
0: It's great. It's exciting. Yeah. It's in the yeah. it's in the monthly club, and is it in the member shop as well?
1: It's in the monthly club. It's in the member shop, and we went with a Syrah for the red, which mm. is so something that we haven't done many times. And if you know Walla Walla Syrahs, they're the best of the best of the best. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to put the best, the best juice from the best varietal, um, from the best region in the bottle for our namesake wine, and, and there you go. It's
0: incredible. Well, I'm yeah. really excited. I'm I'm going to have some in my hand quickly. But uh, if you're hearing this on the podcast, great. But you'll also be getting some um, some video updates from me on that. Um, I'll 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 chat offline to see when I can get it in my hand, and if not, I'll just uh, yeah. if not, I'll just put a video out there, and and we'll we'll package it in. But um, let's bring on. Let's bring on Zako in case there's unless there's any other knocking point business that you want to talk about. And let's get into these uh, these questions. This was your idea to take audio questions. I'd never heard of a podcast doing it, but you mentioned a a couple. But your whole thing was you yeah, don't, you don't quite think that there are enough doing it, and it's a it's a nice way for us to not have to prepare content. You know, well, there's 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 that, but I also think that I know for. for- people specifically
1: like you and, you know, therefore me, uh, you know, who have a platform like this to tell stories. I also thought that it'd be interesting, you know, not only to answer questions um, and to engage the audience, but also to use this as a platform for people who have ideas and projects and uh, whether it's a show or a book or a movie or a cause or a fundraiser or, or anything that's important to them to be able to also text in those audio clips about that, 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 that project or that concept Love or idea it. or fundraiser, whatever it is. And then we can shine a light on them as well. So as much as we're taking questions, I also want to hear ideas from the audience on, um, you know, cool projects. What, what initiative, you know, do they, do they care about right now? What do they want, you know, several thousand people to hear about, you know, at one moment in time. Um, and if it's, if it's a fun topic that you and I know a little bit about, we can add some color to it. If we don't know anything yeah. about it, we'll just shut up.
0: You know, I mean, listen, going, getting way back in the, getting way back in the day. One of the things that I did before Instagram or Facebook live was a thing was I I would just post say, Hey, ask me some questions. And I would go through, I think this was actually when Zach and I started working together a little bit and I would have him dig through, dig through the thread and, Find you know 15, 20 interesting things to talk about and and wham bam got some content and yep. and I would but yeah. inevitably I would also learn something which is the part of it that I've ironic that's forgotten. what I like so too
1: I like curating ideas and learning stuff from the community too right because as much as we like yep. to shoot the shit and get 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 caught up with each other on these things it's also nice yeah. to learn something and um, you know I think that I think ideas and projects and and and, and stories. From the community also uh you know they kind of naturally you know bring on new topics and as we add, add color if we can um i, I think that it, you know it just it just it just makes uh for better content for our listeners and also you know um it gives them a reason to you know to uh, want to participate because if you know Stephen and mel can talk about their project or their book or their show or their fundraiser or whatever it is um that means a lot so um, you know, spread the word and I mean, is kind of the segment that we're talking about for that one, I think. I think you'll see it on our website here soon. There's gonna be a page that is mm-hmm. is you know dedicated to really kind of two two types of of you know user submitted audio, which is ask a question or spread the word. And so if you want to spread the word, upload your sixty second audio clip and we'll we'll you know review and pick a couple and we'll spread the word. Love to hear it. Let's
0: do it. Taco.
2: Hey guys. Trial run. So, let's go. <laughs> two two quick things. One, Steven, um I have Q&A number 1 from Facebook still in a document. Oh, wow. We should wow. revisit we should revisit that. Have you answer them today as if what your answer would be today versus what it was back then?
0: Zacho, oh, I love that I love, I love. love that idea. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you and I will do that as a, uh, Drew can join if he wants, but you and I can do that as a solo pod, because uh, we'll talk about when these were submitted, try to give a little context as to where I was in my life. Yeah, that's good. That, the only problem is that might be a three and a half hour podcast, but I'm down for it. I'm in. I'm ready yeah. to go.
2: No, let's, okay. We're doing it. Um, okay. Second thing is the first question that I was going to play here uh, from Jake Nelson from Austin, Texas you kind of answered, you blew, you blew it. You, uh, um, he was asking about what are your thoughts on Cody's return to the WWE and you kind of made that, you know, the, the point of this episode. So that's great. Thanks for the question, Jake.
0: Well, you know what though, but hang on, hang on. I can give a little context for Jake Nelson. I met Jake Nelson. Let me play
2: the, let me play the question though, because let's
0: do it. Yeah. Let's do it.
3: Jake Nelson from Austin, Texas. I just wanted to ask you, uh, Stephen, how do you feel about uh, Cody Rhodes going to WWE? Uh, I know it's a great uh, thing for him, and being on a big platform like that is amazing, and I just wanted to know what your thoughts are. Um, Hopefully we'll see you in a WWE ring or AEW ring soon. Uh, Good luck on Heels Season 2, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, Good luck, you guys, and have a great rest of your day. That's cool. the big
1: point to make. Is when are you getting back in the real in? I don't want to call it the real ring. When, when are you getting back in
0: the ring? Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, man. <laughs> I got to. I got to. I got I to tell you. I would look towards. I would look towards the the latter half of the year because I was just sort of flying by the seat of my pants last year. But now I'm actually getting a little bit of ring wind, and um, I, I I I have to get I have to get back in because. My two matches that I've done, and we'll get to Jake Nelson in a second. My two matches that I've done, my match with Cody at SummerSlam, well, I, I guess I've done three, but let's just go with the two main matches that people know about, is my first match with Cody, we're talking two days of practice, and most of it was just the, the, the very basic elements of this is how you lock up, and we just came up with a, a variety of things that we could do. The second match against Christopher Daniels was once again, you know, he and I got a chance to talk, but it wasn't as though I was being able, I was able to get into a practice ring and do stuff. And I'll tell you from WrestleMania, I was just absolutely struck by how fantastic Logan Paul was. He teamed up with the Miz and he went up against Rey Mysterio and his son in a match And Logan Paul looked like he had been doing it for years. He was excellent, playing to the crowd, athletically. And I'm sitting there watching it going, gosh, shit, you know what? There's absolutely nothing going on here that I can't also do, that I haven't learned. And um, I got the the itch a little bit, especially because now that I know how to do it a little bit better, I can do it a little safer, which I think is – You back, important (laughs) element of it. So I think one of these days we will, one of these days we will. But uh, as far as Jake Nelson goes, I met Jake at a con. I believe that we were in, I believe that we were in Dallas. I'm almost positive we were in Dallas, but I met him and he told me that he was interested in getting into, getting into wrestling. And, uh, I followed him on Instagram and we stayed in touch. And then when I was out in New York for the AEW Grand Slam event out in Flushing Meadows, um, I went up to Dustin Rhodes, Cody, Cody's, Cody's, old, Cody's older brother, and um, had him get in touch with Jake or at least you know got permission. Jake signed up and went and did his school. Up in Austin, Dustin School that he did, and um, since then a couple of showcases, and I think it's a cool story. And then Jake ended up coming to our Knocking Point event in Austin, and um, yeah, seems like he's doing really well. So I'm I'm proud of that guy. Good for you, Jake. Keep on going, my friend. Keep on going. Next question, Zacho. Zacho. Zacho.
2: Hey dudes, my name this is, is great, by the way. I'm a labor and delivery nurse in Washington. Um, My husband and I got in a really spirited debate after watching the episode of Heels where Jack and Ace got into the bar fight. I guess you could call it a debate. Neither of us actually know anything about wrestlers. But my husband insists that they would not have done so well in the fight and that it would have been terrible because wrestlers don't actually know how to fight because they don't really know how to hurt anybody. And so they'd be awful in a fight and that they don't even really know how to wrestle because all they do is fake wrestle like movie stars just fake fight. And I'm pretty sure this is wrong, and I yelled at him a lot about it. But sometimes he just says stuff to make me mad. Anyway, <laughs> I thought perhaps Stephen could clear this up. Thanks.
0: Well, Esther, that's a great question. It's one of two things is happening here. One, your husband is gaslighting you, okay? Because he's, he's pulling your chain. He's trying to rally you up because if he is actually being truthful, I can I'm here to summarily tell you that he is dead fucking wrong. Okay? Holy smoke a ruse. We mentioned earlier that that Cody is a is, you know, he's a teddy bear. It's the nicest guy in the world. I'm, you know, I'm buddies with uh, with the big show Paul White and uh, you know, couldn't be a nicer nicer uh, gentler guy, but I I have not I have not encountered a single human being in the WWE or an AEW locker room or a Ring of Honor locker room that I would be the least bit comfortable throwing hands with. These guys know exactly what they're doing. The more likely scenario is that they wouldn't engage in the fight because they wouldn't want to absolutely destroy the people that picked it in the first place. These guys are rough and tumble guys. And I'll tell you. Um, wrestling hurts and, and you've got to get a literal thick skin in order to, in order to survive in the industry because of the bumps that you take and the wear and tear it takes on your body and your capacity thereafter to operate and entertain people while being in extreme amounts of pain. Um, your husband is your your husband's on the yeah he's dead
1: wrong one. he's dead wrong I mean <laughs> there you go there to, you go to you know to you know Cody Rhodes again Cody Rhodes walks into a bar and uh, aside from somebody who's a black belt in jujitsu or something he smashes every single person in that bar if he chooses to do so correct period right so you've got you've got kind of like. You know multiple categories of people. You've got these these like ultra-trained MMA athletes, presumed jiu-jitsu black belts, of which we we know a couple you know, guys who train constantly. Those guys are in a different level. Those guys you can't see coming, so you know maybe one of them's in the bar. Who knows? Hope not, but maybe there's one in there, okay? <laughs> so you put those guys on a shelf, okay, and you kind of carve them out because they're the outlier, right? Outside of that, uh, wrestlers go in and dominate period right like average yes. like someone like me I'm not trained in you yeah. know like at, 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 right you know and if I choose to pop off and a wrestler standing there he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna level me
0: yeah
1: right and, the thing that you can't and, and the thing
0: that you can't yeah the thing that you can't tell on TV too because these guys are all you know they're they're all big y- you really you're not seeing them next to normal people. You're seeing them next to other wrestlers. And the one thing that I always take away, I remember the first time that I met Ric Flair. And Ric Flair doesn't look like a big dude because you see him go up against Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. And Hogan's super tall. You get up close to Ric Flair and it's the thickness of the neck and it's the thickness of the torso and it's the thickness of the legs. Challenge a wrestler to a fight in a bar. Be be my fucking guest. You're in for a world of hurt. All right. <laughs> yeah. Go up. Go up and slap
1: one. See what happens. Knock his drink yeah. out of his hand. Just see see what yeah. happens. Then. Actually, see what probably, happens then. They they probably you know uh, known Cody and a few others. They are gentle giants. They probably say, "Wow, buddy, what'd you do that for?" But then if it, if it got physical, uh, it, it's 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 curtains for your husband. Just period. And that's correct, right? Like that's correct.
0: <laughs> and I don't think Esther's husband that was, was the one was the one suggesting the fight, but you know, okay, all right. Yeah, next well, question okay. here, Zacho.
3: <laughs> Hi, Stephen. Hi, Andrew. It's Opal. I um, wanted to ask two questions, but you could only answer one if you like. First question is, um. When you guys decided to do this knocking point venture, did you ever think that it would impact people the way that it does in a very good way? It's impacted me. Um, I love everything about it. I love your marketing. I just love everything about it. Second question. I made a suggestion in Discord that we should have a tattoo artist at the Walla Walla 10th Anniversary Soirees. Did you guys ever take that into consideration? Me and my BFF wants to get tattoos when we come to Walla Walla, and the perfect place to be able to do that would be... At the tasting room. Okay, you guys have a good show. I'm enjoying the show so far. What's this? Episode nine coming up? Keep up the good work.
0: A second question. Bob, first. first off, I think we did
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean the the first part was pretty flattering and things that you and I don't really reflect on very often, right? Mm-hmm. But we should more, right? It is it is you know awesome to hear somebody who um mentions that knocking point has changed your lives for the better. And, you know, we try to do good by us and our families and our brand and our team and, um, you know, raise money for charity and all that kind of stuff along the way. Um, but, um, you know, it is, it, it, you know it, is, it is pretty cool. There are a lot of brands out there that don't, I don't think, they, 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 they exist and they grow and they thrive. But um, I don't know that, you know, every single one of them impacts people's lives in a positive way. So to hear that authentically from someone is pretty pretty damn cool for me.
0: I would agree with that. And, and to answer that, to answer the question as to, is that what we set out to do? The the simple answer is the simple answer is no. Um, I think you can stay open to the idea that uh, either through charitable endeavors or just through the culture and community of a company that you can create, that it can affect people in a positive way. But these things, at least, at least for me, and I think I speak for Drew uh, as well here you find these things organically by surrounding yourself and entering into joint ventures with good, exciting, interesting, well-intentioned people. Yep. And, um, you know, that, that's how I met Julie Greenbaum. I met Julie Greenbaum because my mom and I took a funny picture outside of the bar. Right. But I, I didn't, I'm not setting out to, I'm not setting out to do that. It just, it just, it just happens to happen. Uh, as for the second question, um, I do think that we spoke about nailing down a tattoo artist for that weekend, and if we haven't, that's something that we should discuss on our, on our Tuesday call to see if there's anyone in, uh, in Walla Walla that wants, to, that wants to set up shop in the tasting room. I'm here to tell you right now, if a tattoo artist sets up shop at the tasting room or, 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 or close by, they will be busy for the entire weekend.
1: Yeah, I, I think Sarah has already, and there's a interesting shop next door. I'm not – this is going to sound funny. I'm not exactly sure what they do, although that's going to change because I'm probably 95% chance I'll be in Walla Walla from the 18th through the 21st um, for a little content oh. thing that we're doing. Oh, um, of April? with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. Do you want to
0: go? You want to go? Uh, you know, I actually
1: – What is the 18th? What is the 18th?
0: Eighteenth is a um, The 18th is a Monday.
1: Yeah, it, it, so it would be during the week, unfortunately. But um, I will find out who our neighbor is. But I believe that there's a, a tattoo artist either next door or close by. And I think Sarah's already spoken with them. So I think chances are very, very high that there will be a tattoo artist at the party. I know it's going to be a magician. There's going to be multiple music acts. There's going to be all kinds of stuff that weekend. So yeah, we'll, we'll get a tattoo artist today for sure. We just get to pick your tattoo. How about that?
0: Right. <laughs> 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 All right, so hey Zacho. I think we have. Yeah, I think we have two more. We have here. two more.
3: Hi, Stephen and Andrew. My name is Tori, and I'm from Georgia. I'm a big fan of the show and a big fan of Arrow. My question is for you, Stephen. In season seven of Arrow, the very last episode, the scene where the monitor comes to pick up Oliver to repay his debt. What was it like to shoot that scene and that whole process for you and for your character? um, How he felt in that moment and just what was the whole process like and how did you feel shooting that?
0: Well, that was a very special day because that was, I think, I believe both, what was my last scene with Emily up into the series finale of the show. Um, and that was a. It was um That was that was a very special, sad, joyous day. Um, James Bamford, who directed that episode, shot a shot a master, and then he shot One Direction one take on me, One Direction one take on Emily, and insisted that he had it. Um, the only, re- I, I mean, I don't have any regrets f- from that day, other than I think some of my real emotions bled into what you ended up seeing on the screen, which thankfully worked for the moment because, I mean, what a sad moment if you remember what's going on in the story, which is ostensibly that Oliver is having to leave his family behind and doesn't really know if he's ever going to see them again. Um, But that that was just a very... That was a very special day, you know. Drew was there up in Vancouver the day that I met Emily on the third episode, and he was up there with his wife and some friends, and, um, you know, I think, as a matter of fact, you might have come to set. I was on me. set,
1: and literally met right. her at the same time you did, because she was That's brought right. in for that one episode to work in... You were shooting at the CBC, or was it CTV or yeah. CBC offices? CBC. And,
0: the CBC building.
1: Yeah. And we literally were sitting in a cubicle, and she was there. And you, you met yeah. at the same time as me, like literally at the same moment, I think. And yeah. then we sat in the yep. break room and had a little little snack or whatever, lunch with her. And then next thing you know, she hung on for the entire length of the show, which is great, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and came back and came back for the came back for finale. But yeah, that was wonderful. That was really, that was a special day. Last. Oh, and also my, um, it, this video exists on the internet, but our, our, our kiddo sang a song for her when she rapped and yeah, it was really special.
1: One more, Zacho.
3: Hi, Steven. My name is Patrick Nero. I live about an hour north of Pittsburgh here in Western PA. I just want to start out by saying you're one of my favorite actors and I love heels. I love arrow. A couple questions I want to ask you. One, what's it like working in the wrestling industry and how natural did that come about to you? Like, I know you're a very skilled actor, but I know transitioning into something like that is not easy, so I want to know what tips that you, or strategies that you had to deal with, and also what made you want to get into acting in the first place, Um, because like I said, you're really good, and I admire all your work. Thank you. Well, that's a very nice question.
0: Um, what made me want to get into acting is, is basically, you know, it took stock at about 28 and a half and just tried to, I mean, I don't know when, Drew, I don't know when you left MTV, try to remember what it would have been like in your early thirties.
1: It was 10 years ago. Exactly. It was 2012. Okay. It was March of 2012. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, wow. Wow. Wow! Yeah.
1: Was it real Wow. It's been that long. Yeah. That's when I was shooting Ten the pilot ago. for Arrow. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. We did wow, it at the wow, same wow. time. Yeah. Um yeah I just I similar to Drew I just took stock of what was of what was making me happy and um and the other thing that's important was if you're in the arts you can't necessarily just tie a a, a salary number to success right you you can do that if you're a doctor or a lawyer um the 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 tether between your success and your relative salary is always pretty close but it was when I stopped thinking about that with acting and just started thinking about the fact that I enjoyed it um, helped very much at the time that I was in- incredibly single with with little to no financial responsibility. so that was incredibly fortunate and you know I also had a cup I also had my you know my, my grandfather and, and my, my cousin Robbie. Um, helped me out a little bit when I was getting on my feet and, and you know, times were somewhat tight. But, um, yeah, I just decided that I wanted to do it and it worked out. And then as for the wrestling industry, being involved in it, the, the one thing that I learned and and the thing that I think has done well for me, and this goes back to something that actually that Cody said, you um, didn't say it to me, he said it to someone else, and it came to me secondhand and it meant a lot to me is – When I went and I did my thing with them in 2015, I went to two house shows, one in Vancouver Island and one in Vancouver, and then a Monday Night Raw in Everett, Washington, leading up to SummerSlam, uh, and then did SummerSlam in Brooklyn, New York. And this might sound like a little thing, but I made the point of getting dressed with the boys. Like, I just wanted to be treated like one of the guys. And... Apparently that just went a very, very long way. And then somewhere down the road, you know, Cody said to <clears throat> I believe it was Michael Malley, our-, our showrunner on heels, that you know, Steven can walk into any um you know any wrestling locker room in the world, and, and is going to get treated like one of the guys, which is, wow. the, I mean, frankly, the nicest thing that someone could say to me. So that's incredible. Um, yeah, I think I thought it was, I mean, again, this is this is the Cody Rhodes uh, Love and Appreciation Podcast. That's that's uh, that's it the really title is. of it, the Cody Rhodes Love and Appreciation Podcast on April seventh. Hey Zacho, let's pull you up your mic in a second and just uh, explain to people. And of course, this will be in the episode notes. And if we do get into Pitches and things like that. If it's something that we find interesting, we will link to it in the episode notes. But tell people how they can submit their their audio questions and pitches
2: and ideas. Super simple. So all you have to do is text the word dudes to 509-394-5998. That's 509-394-5998. So you just got to record a voice note in your iMessage and send it on the way, and that's all you got to do. Hey, Easy and listen, stuff.
0: don't be don't 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 be nervous, guys. Okay, talk weird, talking to strange accent, do an impersonation. We don't, don't give bashful. a shit, but don't Take don't chances. you tell us that Take, you have don't yeah. you tell us you have fucking laryngitis because we don't believe you. Okay, it has to be audio. It has to be, unless of course Zacho comes across something that is just undeniably good. And you know needs to needs to audio is better there. than uh, um,
1: Zacho or me or you read something too. So you fire away. Keep it sixty seconds or less. Like I said, take yeah. chances. Who knows, right? Like you know, I mean, <laughs> I think we'll pick some pick some funny ones. We'll pick some wild ones. But this is fun, man. This is a lot of fun. I
0: really enjoyed it too. Hey, yeah. before we go, what are your weekend plans?
1: Um, this weekend, uh, actually, uh, so we might go to Palm Springs for a night on Friday night, maybe. It's probably nice. going to be 115 degrees out there if it's 98 here. Uh, who knows? We'll find <laughs> out. Um, and then we might shoot up to Vancouver early next week for a couple of days to see Nana and then just shoot right back. So we'll see. But um, hey, great. But April 18th, Walla Walla, man, I, I know you're probably busy. This just this just came about. We're going to be, I don't know if I could talk about it publicly yet, but but I mean, we're going to be featured by a technology company. Um in their own marketing campaign with a bunch of content and they want to kind of shine a light on us as a direct-to-consumer winery that is, you know, leveraging a specific technology that, that you know, that that you know Knocking Point uses. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's sort of a campaign for both companies at the same time together. So um, if, if they're bringing cameras to town, I wanted uh, at least one of us to be there. As much as Sarah can, you know, point them around and she can be on camera and stuff, I thought it'd be nice, um, you know, and they asked to interview me too, so that matters. So I should probably go up and talk to them.
0: And this is specific to April eighteenth,
1: April eighteenth through twenty second. It was going to be the following weekend, um, and they're still mm-hmm. going the following weekend. But they're sending a photography crew, so they're literally sending two different crews and agencies at different times to go make this a pretty big thing. Um, the person running point on it is based in Toronto, flying out from Toronto to Walla Walla, literally. So cool. I'll catch you up on it. You know, uh, separately. Yeah, we'll talk I think we should we should we, we should probably do a video for you, no matter where you are, and you know, drop the into it, but like the dates just came about yesterday. So it's fresh.
0: Cool. Uh, well, we'll but, talk about yeah. it. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> stop having this, we'll stop having this slightly coded conversation, you know, on the, on the, on the, Publicly. On, the, on, the on the, on the podcast. Um, I'm, yeah. um, I, I, uh, I got to go in today later in the day to shoot this really cool scene at, at, uh, at dusk. Um, but then, um, you know, tomorrow morning, the outfits picked out, the car is packed and we point towards Augusta, Georgia and, oh man I'm so what's pumped the story Let's see. With Eldred.
1: Hey, is Eldred? I mean play? He's
0: pl- I mean listen he was even he was even when we started this podcast Zacho could probably pipe in and tell us what's going on right now um, but he's playing really nicely he's actually playing really nicely thus far yeah um, it's it's on
2: up. it's on right behind me but I haven't turned around in an hour so I, I don't know what the what the update is
0: well all righty. well listen uh thank you everyone for checking this out thank you drew and um' We will see you guys next week. Submit your questions and uh, that's it, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. This
1: is fun. Take care, guys. Thank you. Adios. Bye-bye.